Welcome to 90 Degree Turns. I'm your host, Trisha Marcus. Allow me to guide you into your own endless soul expansion as we connect to your heart, discover balance, awaken to healing, and embody your soul's deepest expression. For those of you hungry to expand your minds, beliefs, and perspectives, welcome home. Today's guest is Laura Eisenhower. She is a global alchemist, researcher, medical intuitive, and astrologist. She's an internationally acclaimed speaker who has presented her work worldwide. Laura is the great-granddaughter of President Dwight D. Eisenhower. She reveals exopolitical information about his administration that has largely been held in secrecy. She is considered by many to be one of North America's leading researchers on health, exopolitics, alchemy, metaphysics, and galactic history. Laura works to free us from the 3D holographic time loop, false archonic systems, military industrial complex, and exposes hidden agendas so we can take our power back. Feeling a calling regarding her mission since she was a child, she has gained incredible insight through her wilderness adventures, psychic development, and has been connecting major dots about how to guide us into higher earth energies. She has a deep understanding of Gaia Sophia and our divine blueprint, and how they connect to the Venus transits, Earth grids, global alchemy, DNA, and ET races. Her passion is to inspire unity consciousness and bring us back to the zero-point unified field, the totality of our divine powers. Welcome, Laura. Okay, everyone, welcome back to 90 Degree Turns. I am joined by our special guest, Laura Eisenhower, for episode 34. Laura, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. How are you, Tricia? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. So I want to just dive into some things. I know that we had a full moon this uh, past weekend on the 18th. So um, based on what's been happening this entire year, right? Like, what does it mean? This is the last full moon of the year. Um, We're ending the year soon within like, what, 12 days from now. Uh, where, Where are we heading towards? What do you see is going on in like the world of cosmology and uh, astrology? Awesome. Right. Okay. So full moon in Gemini uh, opposite the sun in Sagittarius. What is so profound about this particular full moon cycle is that the sun sign um, in Sagittarius is, was right next to the galactic center. And the galactic center is uh, a very profound um, energy. It connects us to the neutron window and the zero point. And that opens us up to other universes and really like expands us beyond the seven chakra system and the fallen Milky Way system because in the neutron window, there is a phase locking between the galactic core of Milky Way and the galactic core of Andromeda. And the reason why this is such a prophesized window period called ascension is because this is when the galactic cores come back together. So it's almost like a reunion And when we look at things like sacred union, alchemical marriage, or hierogamic union, it's kind of happening on a very, very large galactic creational level um, as these galactic cores have have returned to each other. So this is helping us to switch on things that we haven't been able to switch on. It's helping us to deprogram and it's helping us to activate um, these chakras within ourselves. So the eighth and ninth chakra is actually an infinity spiral that goes around our head. And once we activate that, we begin to switch on the rest of our 12 strand DNA, our diamond sun DNA, and it begins to change our physicality. And we begin to access greater spiritual gifts and abilities. And I just wrote something today about there's nowhere else to go but in that direction because the 3D matrix, the personality matrix and the social engineering and all that's been embedded in our culture and societies that have indoctrinated or Um, steered people in a particular direction that hasn't allowed them to be very soul-centered or embracing of a much larger galactic picture. Um, I mean, that that road is not looking so great. I mean, there's uh, all these tyrannical rules and mandates and lockdowns and variants and, you know, all these like dark solutions that they're presenting to humanity that we have nowhere left to go but into the fullness of all that we are to reclaim our treasures, to switch on our dormant DNA, to understand um, who we are and what we're really made of. And so this particular weekend, and I think why I'm feeling a lot lighter and better is uh, because those transmissions were coming in really, really, really strong. And that's gonna continue. Um, 
and it's really helping us to get over the hump in a lot of ways. Uh, and there's other events taking place. Michael Sala, Dr. Michael Sala has talked about um, a surrendering of the cabal to the Earth Alliance in Antarctica. I hope that's true. But when I look at the astrology of these times connected to stories like that, it makes sense because I would say this is one of the strongest and most important weeks or weekends that we've experienced in this 26,000 year cycle. So it doesn't surprise me that a huge event like that, you know, could potentially be taking place. But because I don't like to put my fixed beliefs on anything, it at least is a very good opportunity for humanity to take a step up and move to the next level of this kind of life review, dark night of the soul journey. Um, uh, to, to become more, uh, you know, activated um, and more reassured by what's actually coming in and helping us to um, advance ourselves beyond the limitations of a parasitic and tyrannical um, governmental system and how that's infected pretty much everything, every power structure, Hollywood, entertainment industry, and secret space programs and all that. So I'll leave it at that for now, but. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful, stuff. wonderful intro. There's so many ways, ways we can go with that um so okay so basically what you're saying is what's happening right now is kind of part of like like the alchemical process of like the globe right like we're kind of shifting and moving and turning and and growing in places that we might have felt stagnant before right i think like that's what the past exactly. few years has really been about on on earth is it's forced people to come out of their comfort zones and to really not like take sides per se but to choose something and not have to stay in a completely neutral position where right. things could be abuses of power could happen and uh, manipulation and things of that nature, right? So right, totally. So so the processes have definitely been very difficult, and it's hitting everybody. Um, there's no way to escape this growth period that we're going through, and it's hitting everybody in you know different ways depending on where we live and what our circumstances are. Um, so this discomfort and these adversities ultimately are leading us towards a great breakthrough. Um, and each of us goes through our own personal awakening uh, in the face of this. And for some, they uh, might be awakening to their shadow self and the need to do shadow work and review the way they've maybe been conducting their lives or how they've been taking care of their health or what their belief systems are. And for others, it might be you know, awakening to the wrong choices or detrimental choices that they might've made in light of the fear tactics of this latest major psychological operation and could like get themselves on a better trajectory to begin to know how to heal this or reverse it. Um, I think once the awakening happens, it doesn't matter the choices we've made in the past because a real awakening connecting to, you know, divine source and what we're capable of manifesting and how we can access our greater gifts and spiritual abilities. I feel that there's nothing that we can't heal or correct or resolve. The biggest challenge though, and the most important part of it all is just to awaken to that piece. Um, and once we awaken to that piece, everything else will begin to fall into place. The synchronicities will help us to find the solutions, the soul family and the right people to help us to undo, uh, you know, some of these damages. Um, because the most potent weapon is the mind control and the social engineering. The weapons are neutralized once the mind control is broken down, I feel. So if we're not under the mind control and we're not in a sort of sub-personality that is a product of societal uh, indoctrination agendas, uh, I feel that the truth frequency and our own authenticity and connection with spirit can absolutely nullify the mark of the beast and all these dark weapons um, completely uh, become useless in the face of the frequency of truth, wisdom, love, and Soul what connection. is happening on a cosmic and earthly level that um, is helping us to step into stuff that we're not familiar with because uh, it's been a while, but uh, it's definitely like something to embrace and look forward to. And, and we can turn all this pain around and, and, and this discomfort around and remind each other of what it's really about right now. Yes, yes. I, I definitely feel the same way that everything that's happening right now is going for a reason, right? And it's going to lead people to conclusions that maybe they weren't ready a few years ago, but now they're, it's time to kind of come up to that moment, right? And to realize totally. it's- And in this particular window also is about being able to wipe the script, you know, and really deprogram. So even what, what might seem to be coming from truth or um, 
sort of the doom and gloom of the ramifications of making certain choices, like you know what I'm talking about, uh, we got to wipe that away too. You know, we don't want conquer and divide. We don't want to be feeding into, oh, that's irreversible. And once you do that, there's no turning back. And now you're just going to be assimilated into AI and you're screwed. No, I don't, I don't see that. I don't believe that. I think the necessity of the times is to unite and bond even greater so that the alchemy can occur on a collective consciousness level to where the awakened ones that are holding the override frequency can really lift those out of um, these entanglements with these dark technologies and with these programmings and with you know just being in survival or in feeling victimized by all of this. So it's up to us to be able to hold space for all that and turn it back around and find ways to also neutralize um, the possible negative effects of hanging out with people that are shedding, you know, things like spike proteins. There's plenty of nutritional solutions and herbs and tools and modalities that can help us to not be a risk to each other so that we can keep the love alive and, uh, and not allow this to conquer and divide us more than it needs to. Yes. Yes. And you know, what's interesting is that there are so many differences of opinions now of with what's, what's going on and what will happen. Right. But when we look at the, the situations at hand, like you were mentioning about the divide and conquer, right? Ultimately, that's the, the goal. If you can divide a nation, then you'll be able to separate everybody and they're going to fight the wars themselves, right? But when we are able to go into this like unity consciousness, like I'm sure you've heard of like the hundredth monkey theory, right? Where if there's a certain threshold of, of let's say, percentage of a population that gets to a certain uh, if, if a concept gets to a certain percentage of the population, then it'll kind of reach this hundredth monkey theory concept where it kind of will spread like wildfire to the rest of the collective, right? And, and, and nobody knows if that one's actually true or not, but it stands to reason that that is so important and why like when you see these manipulation tactics that are going around the world, they're doing it in such a strategic way that it causes people to kind of follow the, the herd of that mindset. But but the people that are holding space, I think that's why a lot of us have been spread around the whole world. Why are star seeds every, everywhere, right? But we're never near each other. We're just everywhere else. You know, it's because then we can hold that vibration in whatever city or state or region of the world we're in to lift it up and to then gain it to just keep that momentum going because it's unstoppable. I, at least I'm of that belief that the human soul is completely unstoppable. As much as you can try and knock someone down, they're going to go beyond and surpass it it might take a little longer for some and for others you know but it, i would love to bring up the topic of um like epigenetics right like we know physically what happens to our bodies when people ingest certain things right but you have to then look into the idea of like how important our like mind and our heart connection is together and when we understand the depths of our soul, like cells right and to be able to talk to them and to express like love and gratitude to your own cells within your body and the system that it is there's so much that could happen from that. It's, it's Absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. Totally. And, and that's what is so huge about, you know, these times is that realization can change everything. Um, and that's why the greatest tactic of the divide and conquer and human enslavement is to go to the mind, is to infect the creative channels of an individual, because that's going to keep the fire codes of their DNA um, in sort of scrambled and, and the fences and seals that separate us from the fullness of all that we are on a DNA level is not able to be accessed because we're hanging in our lower chakras or we're um, just buying into whatever is being shared or told to us. And, and not everybody's going to um, be absorbing the same kind of thing. Somebody might be infected by media and Hollywood. Somebody else might be infected by the religion they grew up in. Somebody else might be infected by ancestral patterns or traumas that they haven't been able to let go of that keep this sort of biofeedback loop go, go, going to the point where we're not progressing. We just keep looping. So it doesn't matter so much, you know, where it's coming from. Um, the whole point is, are these your thoughts? Is this your sovereignty? Is this your truth? We have to ask ourselves with pretty much everything we've ever been exposed to, is there a resonance there? Are we in agreement to it? Do we wanna participate in it or form a relationship to it? Or if we don't, are we allowed to be ourselves in light of this particular system or belief system? Can we show up and be ourselves or are we gonna be ostracized and kicked out because we think differently? So once we can figure that piece out and we can love ourselves enough to 
walk our truth and walk in authenticity, then we can begin to um, work with a creative imagina uh, imagination, create dreams and visions and goals that will support us and the higher good of humanity. And that is really, you know, going to light up our DNA. And the junk DNA is actually different harmonic universes that hold different levels of sacred union and integration of polarity. So integration of polarity, masculine and feminine being integrated, uh, the electric and magnetic being integrated, light and dark being integrated, creates a point of conception where life can be birthed. So if we're in charge of the thought forms that are coming in and we're integrating these polarities, that instruction set is going to generate itself into our environment and you know, our auric field is going to be strong enough to not be poked or, or penetrated by anything else, especially when we stay consistent and we stay, um, you know, strong in, in uh, our connection with it, you know, having a root system and also the ability to open ourselves up to the inspiration, which is basically, I mean, what we're doing is we're restoring the tree of life template. So if we're able to heal and repair our DNA based on our thoughts, and we can be the programmers of our genetic codes, um, then that to me is what awakening is really about and what it comes down to. Um, and that I, I feel completely sets us free because we can write way better stories than the ones we're being handed and the script that humanity is being given and the trajectory it wants to take us on, we don't need to participate in. And, and, and before. Because, yeah, I mean, all these dark technologies through the manipulation of things coming in from the media and fake news is a um, bio uh, spiritual harvesting technologies that literally steal our life force to generate artificial timelines. And people don't realize how much they're enabling a disastrous future that we don't need to enable or participate in. And so enablers sometimes are victims to it. So if we can drop the victim consciousness or the belief in these narratives, and we can just stand strong and work with each other, that parasitic system is going to starve because it wouldn't exist unless it had stolen Nour the light like the of the people. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's vampiric. Yes. I mean, it, it really does not exist without our participation. And whether we're consciously aware of it or not is a whole other story, right? Right, I know. There's a total unconsciousness and then there's being conscious and then there's sometimes being conscious of it, but still participating. Yeah. without or just you know, maybe even realizing soul it. contracts too where let's say you, you got uh, like they bamboozled like you signed a contract before you knew what it really was right and but you were at a different level of consciousness so you didn't really understand the big picture there's there's so many different uh avenues that one could be sucked into but we're here right for the reason to look at these things for what they really are and to understand the bigger picture of it all right and absolutely and so i would love to dive into like have you um i'm sure have you heard about like the metaverse and what's uh, potentially coming out with with that, where it essentially is like a a virtual reality universe, where I I think I mean it could be used for good and evil. I don't think it's inherently evil, but I would love to know your thoughts on that because we already know how much social media and media itself um, it implants different thoughts, concepts, ideas. Like if people check their phone the second they wake up, are those their thoughts or is it the programming of the system? Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like the way our right and left brain works. The left brain is going to bring in information. The computer brain is going to process information and it's going to be triggered to want to either participate or not. And that's where the free will comes in. And then we got, you know, the right brain, which is more creative, more uh, just uh, about the imagination. So they work together. But if the computer brain and the left brain is getting creative inspiration from something outside the self or something that is being encouraged um, based in uh, a false narrative and it attaches itself to the brain computer, then the creative right brain that is part of the manifestation is kind of linked in or assimilated into the AI. Um, AI, I feel, is going to always be around. It has been around, but how do we de-weaponize it? How do we get it out of the uh, negative hands of those external and what's internal? Because ultimately we need to win the war within ourselves. So when we get our thought forms back and we get our creative inspiration back and we integrate our left and right brain, then we're basically sovereign and we you know, can you know, generate 
what we'd like to see happen. And we recognize ourselves as being the advanced technology, more advanced than the AI. But as long as there's AI, it needs to be de-weaponized and we need to be able to use it sort of uh, like training wheels until we're able to free ourselves from any dependence on technology to begin to upgrade our physical vessel to become the Merkaba or Starship. Um, and so if we can utilize it as a way to help guide us in the right direction versus taking us over uh, into the transhumanism where we're like hive mind and robotic and um, being genetically modified to the point where we lose our capacity to reproduce and we're just like, you know, becoming the very beings that abduct humans to gain genetic material to be able to recover from those choices. Uh, you know, AI is not necessarily negative. We can take uh, the, the frequency of that technology and tune it to like the right Hertz, uh, like 432 or 528 um, and work with the AI to change the frequency of these dark technologies to actually serve us. Um, and so when the de-weaponization happens, then technology, you know, can help us with all sorts of things um, in the short term, as far as being able to heal and recover from all kinds of stuff. But ultimately I feel uh, we um, don't want dependency um, and we want, could, because higher dimensional beings don't use technology. And there are many higher dimensional beings that do, but the ones that don't have kind of graduated beyond the necessity of it because they've kind of mastered um, where technology was birthed from which is inspired by nature and inspired by our greater human potential. I mean, it imitates it, it kind of mimics it. Uh, and so it can supplement us as we find our way back to center to begin to activate it on an organic level. To me, I feel it's a guide, but it's not the end all be all when it comes to the larger, larger picture. Um, because ultimately I feel like we are the most advanced technology um, and that real uh, starship energy is based and built from our consciousness versus uh, you know, some of the darker agendas that are, or the reverse engineered crafts that are you know, kind of working with the technology and have mastered sort of the mind control part of it and um, how to power things up based on what they steal and what they steal and what they rob and what they target is the innocent because the innocence um, and the Kundalini as well uh, is, is the most kind of valuable currency to races of beings that have separated from source to become controllers, which is what happened in these galactic wars is, you know, they, they separated from source and then put this veil over everything. And the lower creator gods wanted us to believe that they were where we originated from. And that's just not true. They just, More oh man. in history, unfortunately, even galactic yeah. history. <laughs> yeah, it has like the whole Anunnaki thing where religion stem from and, all, you know, all the different use of technologies to, you know, create these different timelines and, and sort of, uh, yeah, they, they need us, but they also, anyway, I'll just kind of stop there and let you go. Okay. Um, well, I, I love that we're getting the topic of galactic history. Um, but what I, I do want to focus on, cause I know that you are familiar with like the Sophia, I think believe we call it Sophia Gaia energies right and i feel like as like this awakening process has been happening on earth and it feels like it's been speeding up for the past like decade like a lot a lot more we understand we i think the concept of understanding like masculine and feminine energies is becoming way more mainstream now and people aren't taking as much offense to it as they used to where they associate like masculine just being for men and feminine just for women when it's like a true dance within right so knowing all of this, what is like the Sophia Gaia energy itself and, and where are its origins? Is this like a universal uh, concept or? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> I got, I've got like 90 slide presentations to sort of describe it, but if I could summarize it, the oh man, um, gosh, well, free will universe, um, starting with like the cosmic trinity and the guardian founder groups that seeded life in this time matrix uh, with different angelics like Elohim and the seraphim. You know, then we got our fallen angels, the fallen systems, the um, some call Luciferian rebellion that is connected with all this. But it's kind of a part of us in our journey uh, on a soul level. And part of the soul journey is to understand ego and eventually learn the right use of power. And so the ego part of us kind of runs away from home and kind of plays that sort of rebel or um, maybe gets attached to false light or wants to spread false light, which would be more the fallen angelic or the false lower creator God's agenda is to attach us to the false light. 
um, and also induce a lot of suffering if we're not fully in agreement. I mean, the, the mess that we've seen basically. So uh, basically there are a lot of different thoughts about the whole Sophia energy. We, we got Gnostic texts that um, don't all agree because there's different uh, factions or sects, S-E-C-T-S of the Gnostic philosophies. Uh, and then you got folks like Rudolf Steiner who talks about Sophia and Christ and Lucifer. And then folks like Lisa Renee with uh, energeticsynthesis.com and Keylontic Science, Ashiana Dien. So these are some of the main sources that I've found that really um, dive into this topic. And some of the texts I can tell have been altered or distorted in order to put favor on a particular agenda or a particular being or a particular concept um, that I questioned. And, and it was just sort of like between me and myself. It wasn't like I was gonna make huge statements, but I'm like, ah, that just doesn't sound right. This doesn't feel right. Um, some of the stories about how Sophia came into the picture, because basically this planetary body, Mother Earth, Sophia, Mother, morphed into. And so the whole concept of the 13 dimensional monadic core, the crystal sun within the Earth and the Mother Arc energy and the aqua ray and the races that are connected to that, the star seas and the indigos and the crystal kids and everything that's really connected to the mother um, has a huge role. And I feel the planetary body was formed once the Tara system, you know, 5D, well, dimensions four, five, and six, then you got the higher seven, eight, and nine broken up in different uh, harmonic universes. The seven, eight, and nine is more actually the Gaia energy where the Titans and the Olympians kind of duked it out. Um, anyway, all these different events took place, exploded planets like Tiamat, and uh, when Tiamat exploded, 5D Tara basically broke apart. And this particular earth that we exist upon was formed from that. And the moon, the artificial component of the moon got pulled in and kind of has a particular piece to these original galactic wars. And that's why it's kind of like a death star and it has lunar bases and there's ET alien activity going on there. And the whole connection with the Saturn moon matrix and the dark Saturn and these dark agendas utilizing the rings as an artificial antenna to infect the artificial components of the moon to throw us off in the planetary grid network with its dark technologies that have been placed in particular areas uh, on the planetary grid network to literally harvest and feed negative beings. Um, and their hybrids that basically are the 13 families and the Illuminati. Um, so the Sophia energy morphs into the physical planet in order to help souls return home. It's sort of like the unconditional love of the mother decided to occupy a planetary consciousness to help souls return home. And this is why there's so much attention on this planet and why so many beings come here. So many refugees from these exploded planets also come here because uh, they know um, that they can maintain a life cycle by using some of these traumas from the galactic wars as a means to feed you know, on separation of the masculine and feminine, on the traumas of, you know, Tiamat exploding, which was a Sophianic planet. So the Akamoth aspect of the Sophia, um, they utilized to create the Baphomet and the satanic rituals that uh, um, have also birthed archons and archonic parasites. And that's not the will of the mother or the Christ energy. And so the whole story of, um, Yeshua or Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene and a lot of other powerful avatars that have come in have tried to correct this. And one of the big pieces of the Sophianic corrections has been the Venus transits. And so as of 5,500 years ago, the mother energy was not able to occupy the physical planet, even though the planetary body was formed to um, be mother earth. These dark reversals and these dark cycles of history basically um, made it impossible for her to fully be grounded in her own physical body as a manifestation of mother, still in connection with the cosmic trinity, father and the Christ Sophia child, which the planetary original planetary grid network is made of and what our DNA is made of that they've tampered with, put into reversals and all that kind of stuff. So the uh, electric wars, the Nephilim wars, the Lemurian Holocaust and the Atlantean cataclysms are also a reason the mother energy couldn't be in the planetary body anymore. And so as of like 5,500 years ago when the Egyptian Sumerian war took place, that was the final war and battle that wiped our galactic memories, put us in amnesia and constant reincarnation cycles to the point where we completely forgot who we are, 
what our galactic heritage is, what the Christ consciousness or Christ energy is really about and what the mother energy is about um, and the, this planet and mother earth. So the reason this ascension window period is so profound is because as of 2010, the mother energy was able to really come back and occupy the physical planet again. The sun started to move to the 13th sign of Phiakis, which is ruled by ether. And it opened up the energies of ether and zero point, which uh, holds the union of the galactic cores of Andromeda and Milky Way, which is basically the restoration of the hierogamic union on a cosmic scale. So that's why this uh, event this weekend was, you know, so, so, so powerful. So the Venus, between the Venus transits and the sun moving through the 13th sign and all this kind of stuff going on, basically what it does symbolically is it turns the inverted pentagram upright again. And it makes us alchemical beings again, because when it's inverted, which we see symbolically in Satanism, it means that the fifth element, which is the tip of the star is going into the ground. We don't really have access to the ether. And uh, there are dark technologies. One is called reversal 55 and it's connected to the Nephilim reversal grid and the Niberian dietic crystal harvesting grid um, network, which uh, has also been a part of how artificial timelines um, are achievable. And, and I mean, this goes way, 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 way back. So these corrections taking place has opened up the circulation again to allow the ether energy to come in and purify the nucleic acids of our DNA, our earth, air, fire, water, which are connected to the nucleic acids in our DNA. Also do, you know, doing the uh, planetary grid network repair. A lot of grid workers travel all over the world, going to certain locations that have been working on it as well. Um, and creating all these corrections that in this particular time, which the astrology proves and a lot of these alignments prove um, that we are functioning with this greater flow. And the ether connects us with zero point unified field. It connects us with everything we could possibly need to upgrade and purify the elements. So when we purify our own inner elements, like our own earth, then we regenerate, we can regrow what might've been destroyed. Um, when we allow that ether energy to purify our minds, it deprograms us, it clears the mind control. When we let it purify our waters, we're not depressed and feeling heavy. The crystalline waters begin to light up. And when we purify the fire element, we're not using it um, for war or battle or hatred or anger. We're allowing that fire to be that fire of transformation, holding the sacred flame of truth and divine union and sacred union. So once all those elementals are clear, it's much easier to come into divine union within to meet soul family, twin flames and all that. And the earth responds to us. So you know, this whole climate change thing with a bunch of old men sitting around and using Greta, you know, to, no, 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 no. If, if we're going to be concerned about climate change, we need to fix the inner climate of ourselves and allow this great healing to occur within ourselves because the earth responds to us. We can clean the oceans by clearing and cleaning our own water element. Um, and then we can work together with the differences and uniqueness of our own map or zodiac uh, alignments that we are born with and kind of put the puzzle pieces together to uh, rebuild and help the elemental kingdoms to rise and rebuild the architecture of our DNA. So the whole idea of unity consciousness is not just, oh, hey, brother, sister, give each other hugs. We need to share codes. The whole concept of root races, seven root races and five cloister races, seven plus five is 12. We all carry different codes and pieces of this. That's why there's genocides and Holocaust, because if they can wipe out a particular race, it injures our ability to rebuild our DNA. So they choose particular groups for particular reasons, um, like the Hebrews and was like the last one, um, and how that relates to the Jews and Zionism and all that manipulation. They do it. I mean, these world wars are literally waged to disable our ability to rebuild our DNA and, and race wars and them implanting this concept of white privilege or racism, um, it's all to screw up our ability to really work together and come together. Because even though they present a narrative that makes it look like, oh, this is for healing. No, it's not. It's very aggressive. It's very rude. People are throwing around words very irresponsibly to the point where everybody's triggered and nobody can work it out. So if there were those issues, how can we possibly work it out when we're just throwing um, word arrows at each other. Like, what about getting into the heart and the compassion if that's a real issue for someone? And what's also interesting, and I'll shut up here in a sec, 
we have past lives where we've been multiple different races. And, and I just have to say, and I brought it up in particular uh, shows that I've done. There's one show called The Ghost in My Child where children are recalling their past lives. And this little four-year-old is talking about his past life um, as an African-American woman named Pam who fell from a fire in Chicago and died and remembers everything. And the mother looks it up and finds the name Pam and the dates that the kid is talking about in Chicago. So how can we even get wrapped up in racism if we don't fully understand the larger picture of who we've been in past lives, what we might've suffered in past lives. I mean, this is all engineered to mess with our heads because they know that us coming together is not just a high frequency and vibration. It also rebuilds our DNA template and it makes us impossible to feed on. It makes it impossible for us to create loosh and they basically lose their feeding source um, and th their life cycle could cease to exist. So some of them kind of come forward and they're like, well, you should feel sorry for us or you should understand we're an ancient cyborg vampiric race and we need you to stay alive. It's like, no, sorry, no. It's not gonna be simpatico anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, the drive to survive, uh, to keep alive the physical needs to go. We need to be more concerned about preserving the soul and our integrity and our spiritual connection and drop the fear of death. Um, and so they're so wrapped up in their own survival that they do, they're the ones dependent on us, but they've tricked people into being dependent on them so that they can continue to steal. Yes, there's, oh, that was so, yeah, that, that was an incredible, like, I just felt like you were just channeling it through and just saying everything that, that you felt. And I resonate very much with so much of what you've said. Some things I had never heard of before. I, 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 I can't even repeat some of the things. Just thank you. Thank you for that so much. Um, so, okay. Okay. Where I want to go with this is asking, okay. So when we have this, uh, like the feminine and masculine, right. From your perspective, what do you think or feel are like the core things that like the feminine needs to be healed from given that like the Sophia Gaia energy is now has a place to kind of hold itself and grow. What does the feminine need to heal and the masculine vice versa? Um, what do you wow. think about that? You asked the coolest, best questions. I love it. Whoa. Well, I mean, I mean it's, I mean, you know, there's going to be uh, everybody's own unique experience as far as what, you know, they need to heal, but, but yeah, just sort of on a bigger picture, kind of like general level, I would say um, to break down the Saturn moon matrix programs and the artificial component of the moon and the false use of authority by the masculine that, um, you know, that's created a divide. When we see false authority, it's been very male dominated, um, you know, male priests, uh, there hasn't been any female presidents. And I'm not saying this from a feminist perspective. I'm just saying that the masculine has become sort of, or has been sort of authority. And the feminine has kind of been trying to break free from just being breeders or making babies or being at home and just being expected to do all that kind of stuff. So there's that piece. Um, and then there's the piece of, where one who is a masculine isn't about the authority or being a control freak or picking up on that part of the whole program against men. It's the ones that went off to war that had to say goodbye to their wives and their family and got their limbs blown off and got completely annihilated on the battlefield um, fighting for what they thought was um, our freedoms and you know, being used and, and being abused in, in horrific ways and also being taught not to embrace their inner feminine, being taught not to cry or get in touch with their inner feminine. I would say that's what men are healing from. And also a lot of the programmings that women have fed to them that caused them to see women as objects or just like only interested in the sexual element and not into the divine feminine essence and the soul. And I think for women, um, healing from feeling used, abused, undermined, not listened to, uh, uh, ostracized for having maybe abilities, you know, working with herbs is considered witchcraft. Uh, I mean, sure, sure, there's black magic and darkness, but usually um, that's the underbelly of those that are trying to go against like the real mystics or the real like wise women and the, the, the ones that were really holding uh, a, a deep understanding of the earth and how to work with the earth and produce amazing, you know, things and formulas and, you know, taking care of, you know, family and this and that. Because um, as we see uh, the control matrix, isn't just like, oh, you know, we're standing for this particular religion or, I mean, what are the roots of it and what's the underbelly to it? It's very, very dark, but it presents itself 
with this facade that um, has created things like Catholicism, where people think, oh yeah, this is about learning about Christ or, or worshiping Christ. Um, and, and there's, it's been infiltrated. So the way we connect to the feminine through religion is very limited. Okay. There's the Virgin Mary. And then there's Mary Magdalene, who's like a repentant whore who's got demons cast from her chakras by Christ. And no, 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 there's way more to Mary Magdalene and all those archetypes. Um, so I think, uh, living in these distortions have injured both the masculine and feminine. Um, and it's put a lot of attention on just, you know, the Christ energy and, and it's just the demonization of the feminine, even in mythology of, Oh, let's blame Eve or it's Sophia's fault for falling into physical matter or, uh, you know, all these underworld kind of goddess energies or archetypes or evil like Hecate or Kali or, you know, to be feared because, you know, there's fear of the feminine power. And so, uh, you know, regardless of what archetype a person's running, it's all important. The difference between good and evil is not about any of this stuff, um, the occult, it's the way it's used. Um, so if somebody has evil intent and they're doing something against somebody's wishes, especially uh, children, um, that's evil. It doesn't matter if you are attending a church or a pagan or a baker or a politician. I mean, it doesn't matter. It comes down to two things. We're very diverse and there's a lot of um, differences in all these kind of archetypal energies and different species and races. But what it comes down to, there's only two, two at the end of the day. Are you service to self, service to others? Are you into exploiting people, using people and abusing people for your own power? Or are you a person that respects other people's individuality and sovereignty and you're a guardian and protector type? So it really comes down to two different types of people. The rest really doesn't matter. It's like, it's like we're not all gonna go to the grocery store and shop for the same things. Does that matter? Like, oh, well, you, you, you came to get butter and I don't eat butter, so something's wrong with you. I, I might get ridiculous here, but the whole deal is it, it really comes details, down to details, right? That people get bogged down in, in such details where they lose, like they lose sight of the bigger picture. Right. The most important thing is like there's a difference between a person of integrity and compassion and love and wisdom versus somebody who's a user and abuser. And yeah. so whatever we're interested in or drawn to, that is secondary, you know, and that should fulfill our passions and our interests and our curiosities. But it's not all going to be the same. So those things, those boring. outer things shouldn't be a concern. The concern should be who is the person and who is the soul occupying the vessel that is choosing to engage in these behaviors because those things don't matter. What matters is the intention behind the person that's, yes. you know what I mean? So yeah, I think what we're feeling from is right. the facades and the lies and the people hiding behind, oh, you know, like the gurus that pretend that they're spiritual leaders, but they're abusing kids or, or manipulating women in the background. So I think that's a lot of, uh, another thing to heal is um, where people have misused power, like the ring of power where it corrupts them and um, where they have been given something of a position that they abuse, whether you're masculine or feminine, that has to be healed as well. So I'll kind of leave it at that. I, I know there's a lot more and maybe there's some points I missed, but what it comes down to is just like, great. You like astrology? Great. You want to go to church? Awesome. Who cares? The whole point is at the end of the day, are you a good person? Do you respect others do you are you a protector of children the earth and animals that's all that matters it doesn't matter what the rest well, is and can you embody i feel like also like unconditional love right because mm -hmm. if you can love without conditions then then you can unify with anything else that exists yeah i mean we need to be spiritual beings as far as how we arrive at being that strong and embodied spiritual person doesn't matter it doesn't matter how different it is it just matters that we don't hide behind some of these facades and do a lot of dark acts and appear to others to be benevolent when we're not. And that's what we're seeing with politicians, religious leaders, spiritual gurus, and people in the entertainment industry. A lot of them are wrapped up into some very dark stuff, but they're fooling people. Um, and it's uh, and so a, a big part of the healing is to allow those facades to drop so we can, you know, more work on our, uh, intuition developing and our connection with our own truth so we can see the lies and the deceivers and the people that are all about betraying humanity and we can see them for who they are and and have enough of a ability to see um where the love 
really lies. And, um, and also not cast people as sheeple because they might be struggling or might be dealing with a program. We need to talk to each other's heart and soul and, and assist one another in dropping whatever it is that we might've attached ourselves to that we need to heal from. Because an awakened person isn't necessarily healed. So, so who are we to you know, be casting judgments on people that might've gotten wrapped up in the matrix and they're scared of letting that matrix go? I mean, you know, so, so the ego needs to just take a back seat and listen as like a student would to uh, the oversoul, the higher self and our capacity to gain some wisdom from this madness. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I, I agree. That was, that was great. Um, okay. Okay. What I would like to talk to you about um, um, is, okay, this idea of zero point unified field energy, right? So is for, I don't know if everyone in on the channel is, is familiar with this concept, but from your perspective, what is the zero point? What is the unified field? And once we like align our chakras, does that mean we're there? How do, how do we get to like a zero point individually? And then obviously it'll spread out to a macro level, but what can we do within ourselves so we can heal? Like you mentioned the different, like, uh, like the earth, the wind, the fire, the elements within, but is that, how does that relate to zero point? How does this all like right, right. together? Right. So the ether element takes us into just the realms of spirit and that substance uh, that's alchemical that is made of love, the unconditional love of source energy, um, you know, can help us turn lead into gold. It connects us with the miracle vibration. And the thing is we visit the zero point all the time. We just don't realize it. Or, you know, when we're there, we don't capture it enough to stay consistent uh, to the point where we can maintain it. When we look at the tarot, the zero is the fool. So the fool uh, is kind of like the jester. I mean, it, it, it can fall down, get back up again, and it's no big deal. It lives in the now, and it's connected to divine innocence. And it's like the innocence of a child that has curiosity and, um, and, and doesn't have an agenda. It's, it's just very free. It's a free spirit, a divine innocence. It's just, you know, like a little kid walking outside and just playing in the snow or playing in the forest. And, you know, and, and what we see with animals, you don't see animals over-processing themselves, like a squirrel sitting there like, okay, I'm a squirrel. And what am I going to do? I, w I wish I was a dolphin. Like, why aren't I a dolphin? You know, I mean, the, the innocence of the animal kingdom and what we see in nature is in kind of that zero where it just is and it's doing its part. And, you know, an ant knows how to be an ant, a dolphin knows how to be a dolphin, a bird knows how to be a bird. And they're not just sitting there contemplating it all to the point where they're messing with their own head. So a lot of these different archetypal energies and aspects of ourself doesn't mean that it's taking us out of the zero, um, but there are some times uh like sub personalities that aren't authentic uh that might just be a programming that we're running that we picked up from society but okay say we're in the archetype of like the high priestess or the magician or this and that well the zero is where all of these archetypes converge into one to the point where it's almost like putting all the colors together on a palette and it's just like okay you added all the colors and i know some people just think the color is gray it doesn't matter but it's a culmination of everything. And, and the unified field is where it's all integrated into oneness. Masculine and feminine has integrated itself into oneness. Polarity integration sparks something that conceives. So that zero you know, coming in allows the birth or manifestation to be pure and, and not contaminated by these other um, you know, kind of uh, mind viruses and infections that we don't realize get into our space that we help to birth. So the zero point is like, okay, if we're able to integrate our right and left, the masculine and feminine, the electric and magnetic, and, and integrate this polarity, then we are literally like mother, father birthing the Christ Sophia child. And that particular frequency aligns with the zero point and allows us to not only clear and cleanse toxicity, but also to transmute and alkalize or well, maybe alkalize, but alchemize um, just anything that the dark weaponry has put into our systems. The whole concept of turning lead into gold isn't something that we just experience in a lab. The turning lead into gold, I feel, is turning, you know, these heavy metals, these nanoparticles and all the stuff we've been inhaling and turning that heaviness and the metals of it all into a different substance that's 
also a part of the periodic table of elements that we see in science, right? There are so many more elements that they didn't include. And we've been really duped in the school systems. But so union, it's like true love. The difference between being in a toxic relationship with like a narcissist or an egomaniac or a control freak or a woman who's maybe in victim consciousness or a control freak herself. I mean, you know, the programs that men and women have experienced aren't limited to gender. Sometimes the women are carrying the patriarchal control freak kind of energy or whatever. So it's not limited to gender. But when uh, we begin to break those relationships and we begin to divorce ourselves from the imposter system, the matrix um, that has imposters and vampiric qualities, when we divorce ourselves like we would in our own lives from a toxic relationship or partnership, then, then what happens? Okay, we might go through a mourning process or feel kind of stupid. What was I thinking? Why did I date this person? Or why did I invest in this part of the matrix? When we get over sort of the embarrassment of hell or like, what was I thinking? Which sometimes blocks people from awakening because they don't want to admit maybe they were wrong. Then we open up our field to true love. We open up our field to being able to experience true love. And it's not just going to be with a partner. It's within ourself and how we connect with divine source. And then it's the way we experience life and reality, where instead of feeding into the matrix and being attached to it, we're now connected to, uh, to divine source and our capacity to be abundant beyond currency, beyond money, where we can manifest things out of thin air even eventually um, and experience that greater true love, which fulfills us. We can reach exalted places. That's why people do drugs because they want to feel that because they miss that. They're longing for it because um, we're just in so much pain dealing with all the madness. And that's a lot of times why people get really hooked on this stuff because they just want to feel that bliss that we can naturally feel. When we let go of all that, we give ourselves the time and space to experience true love. And true love, we know there's nothing greater than being in love. I mean, it's like the most ultimate thing. And all the fairy tales that we see, you know, kind of play out, you know, this greater story that I feel is occurring within us and in, in our DNA and our awakening process that we, we, we get a glimpse of that true love. We get ripped away. We have to go through the dark night of the soul. We have to face the villain. Um, we have to, you know, be challenged and tested. And, and it's all about getting back to that union um, and, and, and the magnetic nature of love and finding that soulmate or twin flame is so much greater than anything that the universe is conspiring to make sure that happens. That we don't even have to strategize how to make the events fall into place. It's they included will. in nature. And then, show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the, the, the love is restored. And to me, that love frequency of true love when it's authentic allows that zero point to come in allows one to return to their divine innocence and to experience love in its full purity um, that we can experience even without a partner within ourselves. And that to me is what clears all the elemental, you know, it just helps us to say, you know what? I'm not connecting with a movie or a television show. I'm connecting with nature. I'm connecting with God source um, to the point where those contaminants um, or toxins, you know, they, 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 they become nullified. It's like sometimes, you know, certain trace minerals um, have the power and property to actually change a free radical into something useless, like something that's not harmful. So it's kind of the same kind of thing. Energy is like food relationships, like feed us, but they can also create cancer and toxicity. So uh, when we allow ourselves and love ourselves enough to experience true love on every level, including what we put into our bodies and consume, including what we decide to engage with. Um, we are in alignment with the most purifying frequency of miracles and magic and alchemy. And I know that's a long-winded answer. Thank you for your patience. I wish oh, I could just say it short and sweet. It is so, so, so well-worded. And I can say truly from my own experience that um, is that where, uh, just in my time of like relationships and experiences, the more that I found my own healing within and I've, uh, like you said, like divorced myself from like different partnerships or concepts or like blocks that I was having personally, the more I have been able to grow, not only internally, my life has entirely changed in entirely, like in ways that I could have, what I would have imagined would have been like a dream has it surpassed what I could have even thought of, you know, which is what something is such a, it's such a gift to be able to go through that. And I do want to make a point. You've mentioned that like healing doesn't really ever end. 
And I think a lot of people sometimes in the spiritual community, you could say they, they think, oh, I have to be healed before I meet a person or, or I must figure out everything out before you meet that person. It's really not the case. And, and all of us have something to work. And there's always going to be something that comes up, whether this life, an alternative one, it literally it's always, you're always growing and changing. So to think that you're going to be stagnant and suddenly healed, I don't, I don't feel that that really is a, a thing. And totally. And that's such a great point. And I feel soulmates come together maybe as stepping stones towards a twin flame, or maybe within that soul flame union, you can experience the twin flame because it ultimately is between us and divine source. That is the true twin flame relationship because it's in the higher harmonic universes of our DNA, the highest levels of our DNA, which are uh, the 10, 11, and 12 strands is actually the hierogamic union frequency and avatar consciousness. And that was what the Lyran system existed in, which ended up um, having its issues, right? So we've broken down through this free will journey, all these higher dimensional energies to land in this very, very limited place to begin to see what it's like to live without the fullness of all that we're capable of and follow that soul longing that's saying, wait, there's more. I'm going to follow that impulse that gives me the inspiration to wake up in the morning and and, and, and be curious or uh, inspired by the concept of true love or um, living your true mission or purpose, you know, even if it's not there, that impulse is what drives us to wake up and keep going. And so depression is when somebody gives up and thinks it's not possible. But then when somebody snaps out of it, they realize, wait a second, okay, that's an illusion. Of course it's possible. Just because somebody said, what are you thinking? You're, you sound crazy. You know, we, we can't let those projections get in the way. But just to go back uh, to what you were saying, what was that original question? Cause uh, there, I definitely had something to say on that. Oh, um, oh, um, oh uh, it was about the, the zero point energy in the, uh, the unified field and how, how we can do that within ourselves. Um, yes. Yes. So, oh, oh no, it was uh, when you were talking about, you don't have to be fully healed before you. Oh, yes. You get yes. Yeah. So, so we're going to run into people that help us to work out our stuff. Um, real friendships and real soul family, you can be yourself with, right? So if something comes up, if a trigger comes up, you're able to just work it out. When you're not with people that you can relate to on a soul level, you're usually with people that act out instead of work it out. And when you act out, it means that a trigger comes up, you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to admit to it. So therefore you're going to like posture some sort of uh, ego aspect of yourself to, you know, maybe put the blame on somebody other than who you are, you know, and that's narcissistic. Um, and uh, other ways of acting out is to just shove it down or do silent treatment or just pretend, you know, you're fine or, you know, so, so soul family and soulmates you know, have come together, not because you you're perfect or you figured it out. And now you're being rewarded by the universe to have your true love. I feel like true love and soulmates come together to say, Hey, we can be honest and real with each other. When something comes up, we can hold space for each other. We can love each other and have unconditional love. And we can also have accountability. I mean, you know, I'm with my true love. And when I get triggered, you know, I'm apologizing. I'm like, if I wasn't taking responsibility for my wounds from the past, I could just blame him and be like, oh, and, and create a lot of drama and conflict. But instead, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Something is coming up that has hurt me before. And what you just said is reminding me of it to the point where I'm going to see you as the same kind of person. And I know that's bullshit and not true. So please, you know, <laughs> I apologize in advance for my <laughs> difficult time and difficult day. Um, and he's mature enough to be able to handle that. And if one party in the mix is not mature enough to handle these more real conversations, then yeah, usually the relationship's not going to work out. But I feel like you said, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to have intent. You have to have a, a certain devotion and a certain agreement that you're both willing to go on this adventure together and, and work out some of that stuff so that both individuals can bless each other with the experience of what it means to be embodied of the hierogamic union and twin flame union between the sovereign human and the divine, where you can walk hand in hand with somebody who's willing to do that as well. That is what it kind of means to me. And then that spark really lights up something. And then all of a sudden, boom, wow. That's what's been targeted all along. The planetary grid networks have been targeted because they hold those codes of sacred union, divine union, 
particularly around the Glastonbury uh, area um, and the whole you know idea of you know the original planetary grid network that was holding this for us to be able to tap into through our connection with nature. Unfortunately, with these dark technologies and how they unplugged these sacred union uh, templates with the electric and magnetic energies, um, through osmosis, we pick up these distortions and we're modeled these distortions from our parents and from society. So this is the challenge for us as humans, but it doesn't have to be miserable. We can kind of make it fun, even though there's a lot of aspects that aren't fun, particularly uh, having to contend with the crimes against humanity and what they're doing to our children and future generations. So there's a lot we have to take seriously and, and, and um, be advocates for, but there's also uh, a great joy and humor that can come with the necessary work we need to do to reclaim our wholeness and meaningful relationships and, uh, and just get out of that whole like, oh, I don't feel I belong here and I don't make sense to everybody and everybody thinks I'm this or that. Don't be afraid to let go of those relationships. It's sort of like, don't be afraid to move if your neighborhood is like filled with criminal, you know, or your house is black mold, you know, don't be afraid to take these kind of risks because when we answer to our greater calling and mission, the universe provides synchronicities like we've never seen. And you mentioned like you never imagined some of the things you've been able to manifest. It's that that's part of embracing the true love is saying, I love myself enough to not compromise myself because I'm afraid of not having the paycheck or not having the security of this particular roof over my head. No, lose it all if it's not healthy for you to be able to manifest a greater version. Um, and if humans were a little bit more willing to take risks, I don't think we'd be in this kind of rut of mandates and lockdowns and uh, what we're seeing. So I think the ripple effect is in our favor of people um, really finding God's source within instead of feeling validated by some priest or some governmental structure or some doctor. Uh, and we can let all that go and begin to say, wait a second, it's not about that. That's actually been taking advantage of my vulnerability and my amnesia. It's really about this. And in the face of these fears and adversities, I can reclaim it instead of continue to give it away. Because how long are we going to keep looping uh, until we have that revelation that yeah, we can yeah, figure I mean, out? We're hoping it'll be done this round, you know, but I mean, everyone has their journey and all best we can do, like you've and mentioned. Their time, yeah. And their time is hold that unconditional love, hold the space for them. And whoever it's meant to lift up and go, we go, you know, like whatever is meant for you will always find you no matter how much you run from it or seek it. It will find you if it's meant to be. Oh, totally. And doesn't matter how long it takes for some people. So, you know, people are frustrated. Oh, I can't wake up my family. They think I'm crazy. It's like, you know, just don't let go of the love you know, let them be where they're at and you can be a resource, you can do your best, but that should never be a reason to end a relationship. It might require a boundary, but we don't need to uh, go into judgment, hatred or resentment. Mm -hmm. um, we, we need to maintain the love frequency. And for some, it might mean I love you, but I have a boundary. It's, it might mean I love you and I'm going to take the risk of still visiting you, even though we might get each other sick for whatever reason because of our choices, but it's worth the risk because we're greater There's than this. Love. Yes. Yeah. Or it might be the kind of love where it's like, wow, we get along and let's hang out and we're on the same page. But why does the love ever have to leave? Because we're not at different points in the journey. And that's what they're encouraging. And I feel the victory of humanity is saying, no, I don't think so. Love wins. Always. Always. Laura, this has been a riveting, riveting conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show here. Tell our audience where we can find you. Do you have any uh, any books out, anything recent, any upcoming events or workshops that we can look forward to to seeing you at? Well, I uh, have a three book project in the works and the first one hopefully will be uh, ready by uh, spring or summer of next year. Okay. And any online events I do, I post on my website, cosmicgaia.org. I do a weekly show called, uh, well, it's Cosmic Gaia and it's on the platform Conscious Vitality. Uh, and I got a lot of other projects in the works, but I can't quite share them yet because they need to be approved. But um, it, it could potentially, you know, deliver some of these messages on a much grander scale and just got to make sure um, it's safe and it'll fall into place without being compromised or manipulated. And I'll make sure to just keep my website updated and cosmicgaia.org. I have a YouTube channel, Laura Eisenhower, 
and I put out stuff there and uh, just kind of recovering from a lot of censorship, but I do have a Facebook channel and I just try and keep it pretty neutral. Um, and that's pretty much it. So look forward to my books, you guys. It's gonna really go into detail about a lot of what her and I have been talking about. And she really nailed it as far as what I am most passionate uh, to speak about. And I didn't have to talk about Eisenhower and ET. So thank you. <laughs> it was like such a nice break to talk about what I really, I, I, really- I felt loved. like many people would, would bring those two topics up. And so I just, I didn't wanna uh, just create the same kind of interview that-, that You asked like my, like uh, some of the best questions that uh, I've, I've experienced in a long time. So thank you for having me. And it's been really wonderful thank to be you. This has been wonderful, Laura. Again, I am so glad that you were able to carve out the time to come on the show here. I mean, we've run in the similar circles and it's so nice to finally like talk and have conversations. So thank you so much. And everyone, um, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Laura. Bye.